Hello everyone, I'm Jen and welcome to another episode of Monogamish Pod. On this week's episode, we're talking to Duchess Cashmere and her partner Deuce about their journey into non-monogamy and about how they're living and loving now. Or how they were living and loving in November of 2020, because that's officially when this episode was recorded. But before we dive into that, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, altplayground.net. Now we've told you all about Alt Playground. They're trying to change the game, be one of the most amazing and inclusive lifestyle websites out there. But I feel like we don't spend enough time talking about our group, which I don't spend enough time in. That's more Shams thing, but I'm going to talk about it right now. So we have a group for our podcast on altplayground.net. We post our episodes on there. We start discussions. We share some naughty photos and some behind the scenes content. So if that's something you're interested in as a lifestyle website member, then that's something you should definitely go to look to. Now, Sham is married. I'm single. He's hierarchical poly. I'm like solo poly. So we have different perspectives when it comes to these sorts of things, but we are both single-ish and ready to mingle-ish, if y'all know what I'm saying. So if you'd like to pick up what we're putting down on the podcast, then you can absolutely interact with us in our group and learn more about the pod, our processes, our guests, some behind the scenes stuff, and also maybe slide into the DMs to see um, which one of us may or may not be interested in what y'all are offering. Just saying those are options and you can find out about us, the pod, and all of our other podcast partners and meet other lifestyle people all over at altplayground.net so sign up today take advantage of everything it has to offer for you because trust me you do not want to be left outside this bubble okay you want to be outside the bubble you want to be in the bubble and so now that we've talked about altplayground.net i want to talk to you about something completely unrelated which is the hiatus that is coming up so like i told you guys on the last episode i'm going to be moving out of my apartment which means there will be a period of time where I will not be able to record because Lord only knows where I will have put my equipment. What box will that be in? I'm going to try to label it, but I make no promises whatsoever about that. So just so you guys are aware, that hiatus is coming up very soon. It'll be very brief. It'll be probably the end of April into the beginning of May, probably like two weeks or so just while I move my stuff get set up and then be able to talk to you again so definitely not happy that i have to step away from the pod for a minute but also happy that i'll be into a new space and a relaxed environment so if you guys are happy about that don't worry don't worry did i mention we have like over 65 episodes that you can listen to like prior to this one like crazy right in addition to some of our patreon bonus episodes which feature people like ruby Bowie johnson and our latest patreon episode is gonna be sham and the wife talking about their poly life now that's something you're definitely interested in you should sign up on our patreon today patreon.com slash monogamish pod you cannot search for us on the patreon website we are an 18 plus platform we're a little bit too nasty for search features so head on over to patreon.com slash monogamish pod to hear our bonus content see our behind the scenes clip from the group chat and so much more today now that i promoted those two wonderful things let's dive into the episode with deuce and duchess all right of course we got deuce and duchess here with us today hanging out with sham and i because we're cool people like they thought we were cool so they showed up like hi cool friends (laughs) hi cool friends it's the cool kids table That's right. I'm not making it awkward or anything. I'm not showing you guys how weird I am at all. Y'all are just, y'all are with it. (laughs) I'm with it. For real. Are you still? All right. Yeah. 
used to it. Yeah, Sham's used to it by now. He just sits here and just kind of like, yeah, okay, Jen. Sure, I'm weird fun. too. I'm wearing Wonder Woman socks. I'm weird. Ooh, nice. Oh my god, I'm wearing penguin socks. Penguin from the Batman. I have a whole Batman yes! series. See? You are my sister. <laughs> yes! See, guys? We're making connections here on the podcast. Cha. I'm doing a thing with my hands that no one can see, but y'all know what I'm talking about. That connection hand thing. <laughs> Sham knows what I mean. You know what I'm talking about, Sham. I, I think I do. I'm not sure. I can't, I can't see it either, guys. So I'm also guessing. <sighs> Fine. Hand. Fine, fine, it's okay. So you guys know who Sham and I are, but yes. Deuce and Duchess, why don't you tell the people who you are? You wanna go first? Ladies first. Oh, I am Duchess Cashmere, and I am a griot erotica. I tell sexy stories and I run a podcast called The Cashmere Room. And I do live shows called Pillow Talk. And my shows are not safe for work, but they are perfect for pillow talk with your favorite lover. And I'm married to Deuce. Take it away, Deuce. I am Deuce. I am married to the lovely Duchess. I make pies and I make women come in my spare time. <laughs> that is the truth. I am an exploring different aspects of sex that I previously didn't know. So still learning and being a coach to other people. All righty. I take that. So you make two kinds of pies. Mm-hmm. Let me know about the first kind. I love food. So I want to go to the food part first. What Do you make all kinds of pies or just there's some, what's your special? I do a niche thing because I'm weird. So I, I like to do things out of the box. I don't make dessert pies. I make dinner pies, seafood pies, chicken pies, stuff like that. Also like chicken pot pies, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like a, yeah, pot, pie, like a pot pie. But it's like a large oh. dinner pie. Yeah, with a Creole twist. Oh. It's okay, now I'm excited. Now I'm hungry. Do you guys mail? Um, uh, actually, I, don't know. Uh, I just got something in the mail today to help me with that. I'm still working on my shipping. So mm-hmm. hopefully within the next month or two, I'll be shipping products soon. You can oh, ship pies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Otherwise, you can ship. You if... can ship almost anything. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, say I don't have pies child, but I guess they do. Yeah. Once you have the right cooling things, that they, they'll be safe. They'll be yeah. safe. It'll be all right. All right. It'll be good. All right. So thank you so much for joining us today, Deuce and Duchess. So I'm gonna be asking a lot of very difficult questions. Super hard. Not sure how you guys are going to take this, but it's fine. It's fine. We're good. So <laughs> my first question for you guys is, how do you identify in the non-monogamous space? Would you say you're polyamorous? Would you say you're swingers? Would you say, what? where would you say you fall on that spectrum? I am a swinger. Ooh, I shook the table. I am a swinger and I am also open to the idea of a polyamorous relationship one day. It's not like it's completely out of the question. It would probably take someone very special, but yeah, I'm a swinger and I do have long-term play partners. So I do have to call them my boyfriend. And I am polyamorous. I'm also a swinger. I feel like more or less the reason I'm calling myself polyamorous now is because I need to have a connection with whoever I'm dealing with so 
I have to develop a relationship with that person. Poly and open at the moment. So that's swally. I heard that term recently. I was like, oh, I guess together in every swally. Swally, you said? Yeah, swingers, polyamorous swingers, swally. Okay. Oh, it's a new thing we're hearing, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we learn new things every day. I know. Oh, I just learned that one. That's new to me. Throwing the sounds of yeah. it. Dutch just wants to fuck, but she's like, she cool with being <laughs> learning more about you, whereas deuces, I need to learn more about you first, and then we can fuck. <laughs> yes. yes. And I like to fuck the same person from time to time. That way they know what I like already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm in full support same. of this. Yeah. I feel that. I have long-term partners as well, just for sex stuff. We could never date. We could never, like the idea of dating them makes my skin crawl. People are like, but you've been fucking for 10 years. Why don't you want to date? I'm like, because that's disgusting. I don't under- I don't understand what you mean. I just want to yeah. make love to their penis. I don't get why I have to be interested in the other parts of them too. I don't exactly. get it. I go over to his house. We watch weird cartoons. We fuck. I come home. Happy Duchess. That sounds, sounds like a match me. made in heaven to me. Like, <laughs> what more do you need in life? I know, right? Watch cartoons together and you fuck. Come on. Uh, that happened to me once. There was a dude that I was one of the few white people I've ever had sex with. Mm-hmm. The first time we hooked up, I was kind of like, oh, hey, what you doing? I hit him up in the middle of the night and we were in the hotel. We were at the bar before. He's in his room. He's like, oh, I'm missing watching Family Guy in my underwear. I was like, cool. What's your room number? I'm going to be right over there. So, of course, he opens the door. What is he doing? watching family guy in his underwear climbing to bed with him we're both watching family guy i was like we really not gonna fuck he was like that's why you came here (laughs) (laughs) yes who messages someone at two o'clock in the morning to watch cartoons together like in your underwear not me i came here to get some dick either you're gonna give me the dick or you're not and he was like i don't have any condoms but i got this mouth dope i got you i brought the condoms Yeah, no, but he's one of those people who's like very particular. He's like, I don't, I, I like my own condoms, I like my own shit. And I'm like, okay. fair. I would never try to trap you with a baby because that would ruin my lifestyle. I'm but right. I get it. If you're scared of that, you supply your own stuff. I'm exactly. good on my end. <laughs> so how did you guys realize the different types of non-monogamy you primarily practice? Was it something you've always done in a way since you were younger? Or did you just like gradually grow into this i think we grew into it once we got together and decided that this is what we wanted to do it started with the swinging aspect of it we just kind of just every so often we check in with each other and we talk about our rules and if there's anything we wanted to change or add or if there was anything that we wanted to try out so it always just progressed that way and um for me i would say it started this is my third marriage But in my second marriage, it was something that I thought about and did research on. But that particular partner could not handle the truth aspect because you have to be really truthful with your partner if you're going to be non-monogamous. And you have to give your partner all the details that they want in order to make them. Well, me, I need all the details of all the experiences so that I can be comfortable. And he just couldn't grasp that. That was too much for him. And so when I started this relationship, we would talk about it. It's not like we woke up one morning and said, hey, let's go to the swingers club. We talked about it over time and more and more until finally we were like, okay, 
I think we're ready. Let's go to the Swingers Club and try it out. Okay. All right. So what was that first experience like for you then at the Swingers Club? It was fun. I was going to say, you guys just jumped in. No, we talked about it a lot first. And it was just one night because she she would always pull my card when I would talk about going to the club. And it was just one night I was just like, let's go to the club. And she's like, you serious? I was like, yeah, let's go. So we just up and went. It's just one of the, I'm more of a, a random person when it comes to stuff like that. I just have to do it when my mind's just set on doing it at that moment. So that's what we just up and did it. Okay. And okay. based on this conversation having now, it went pretty well, I'm guessing. It did. Oh, yeah. I had an amazing time. It was good. Hey, I've never been to a swingers club before. So I've only been to, like I said, like private, intimate sort of gatherings where gotcha. we're all doing stuff. So walk me through that experience. Like you show up at the club. Like what is it like? You don't have to tell me exactly which one it is. Just what are the rules like for this so, sort of space? Gotcha. So this one in particular, because we're in Mississippi, it is a non-premises club. So there's a club part where you drink, you dance, you converse, you play pool, but there's no sex and no nudity. And then across the sidewalk, is the building where the play area happens. Keep me together, babe, because you know I get off on a tangent. And so you go to the club. You They prefer you to pre-register, like you give your name and or your alias, whatever you want. You let them know if you're married or single. And I think it's a different price for a single man compared to a couple. And I think ladies get in free all the time. Yeah? yeah. Something like that. So you go in, and it's just your regular hole in a wild juke joint. There's a pool table and couches and the owner greets you at the door and it's real. This is my space. Come in. It was very welcoming. You wanted to interject something? Well, I will say as far as the single people that come in, they have all the single people sitting at the bar. So you can't go sit at the tables unless you're invited by one of the couples. So all the single people have to sit at the bar and interact with people as they come up. And then so... He welcomes you in. It's very welcoming. He takes you through. You see the you see the bar, and then there's like couches and chairs. That's where the married people, the people in couples, sit. Couches, chairs, lounge areas, tables, and then all the single people are supposed to go to the bar. Unless you're there with a group, and a group of y'all are in a section together. And it is just regular there. There's smoking, of course, and there wasn't many Black people there. I think we were probably the only Black couple. There was a couple that was interracial. The husband was Black and the wife was white, but for the most part, we were the only Black people there. And so you, they had the dancing, they did some door prizes, which was really fun. We got some free memberships like on SLS and Cassidy and things like that. And then at midnight, the play area opens and everybody just grabs their last cocktail and they move over to the play area. In the play area, there's no alcohol. You can't drink in there. You can't smoke in there. You have sex and then you leave. And then once you leave from the club to the play area, you're not allowed back in the club. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you got to leave. You got to go home. This is after, a fascinating to me. Because I thought I had an idea of what uh swing clubs were like because i thought they were just i guess i only thought of a play area like it doesn't go and then there's supposed to be sex but this whole setup sounds very interesting like it's so yeah i don't even know what to call it it's so organized where 
there's a couple on the couch and then there's the people at the bar and then you yeah. call over whoever when you were saying it the whole time just having this image in my head wow it's mm-hmm. like, a real space yeah and then the play area is an empty house and you walk in there's the living room there's couches for we call them vanilla players people who like to be in the environment of sex or they like to watch sex they vibe out there you'll start seeing people begin to pair off then there's like an exhibition room where there's a sex swing and a bench and then there's some benches on the side where you can sit and watch there's flogging going on And then you go down the hallway, there's my favorite bed, which is the exhibition bed. It's completely open. And I like being in that bed because I'm an exhibitionist. Then there's three semi-private rooms. There's a curtain up to the door. And then there's a mattress in there. And there's a rule that if the curtain is closed, don't touch the curtain. Respect other people's privacy. And then all the way back where the quote-unquote master bedroom would be, there's two king beds and then a big carpet in the middle and that's like the orgy room big huge room that you can come in and have sex in wow that is amazing Ooh, it is amazing this I is, love it. like i'm so interested right now and also so mad that corona exists because this always sounds so intriguing i was like I, because i only had one idea of a singers club in my head but this okay. version sounds so interesting between the little the preview area, I don't know what you'd call that. It's a regular bar area. Mm-hmm. Where you can just chill and meet people. Before yes. you have to, because my issue was always, if it's just a play area, then you've got to meet the person and have sex with them at the same time. Exactly. But the idea of like, you meet them, you have a drink and so on. And then you go to the play area. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that the play area has like places for viewing mm-hmm. and so on, that's all great. Yeah. It reminds me of speaking to uh, someone else that we've had on who is also like a polyamorous swinger type person. And her first introduction to swinging was just through play parties. She was like, it was just a private play party. She got the link on Reddit, got Mm -hmm. to speak to the person. There was a lot of vetting and stuff that was involved. But she was like, yeah, that was her first experience with any kind of swingers event. A dude brought a Sibian. (laughs) There was food, Mm. there was drink. And it was still like a casual hangout where we just ended up fucking. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But also, tell me about the Sibian. That's pretty much what I did for oh, I was like, girl. Yeah, Sibian is amazing. It's amazing. I need one. I need one for my own personal, for science. I have a science. story about when I rode the Sibian. I think it's like episode six or seven, something like that. It's called The Lady and the Rider. Yeah. Ooh, is okay. all right. We're definitely going to be linking that in our show notes so y'all can pay attention to that particular episode. <laughs> uh, so you guys, episode, you guys went to the Swingers Club for the first time together. You yeah. had a great experience. Yes. So how did you figure out that you were non-monogamous in the first place? Was it, like I said, was it like something you figured out when you were really young or is it just something you transitioned to? Because I know you said, Duchess, that you had sort of non-monogamous leanings in your previous marriage Mm -hmm. but did it start from you were like in high school or even younger I was probably just like every other 70s baby who used to sneak and watch real sex back in the day yep and that is probably how I became interested in it and then 
there was another documentary on CNN. I think Lisa Ling did it about polyamorous and swinger lifestyle. So just seeing that it existed, always have been intrigued by it. And I think Deuce has a similar. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to watch Real Sex. That was my first peek into it. And after a while, I started, when Google became a thing, I started looking into different aspects of the lifestyle. And I found this magazine called Swinging Southern Style. And I used to read the ads and articles and stuff in there. And it was a pretty interesting look into things that I didn't know about as far as the clubs down here and how people connect. Cause this is really before the internet had actually picked up. So we looked through magazines and stuff like that. And that's how I started getting my information on it. But I never was actually able to truly practice it with any partners that I've had because most of the women that I dealt with didn't believe in non-monogamy at all. Would you say there's a lot of bias with that where it's like non-monogamy is automatically linked to cheating? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we are open with it. Like our friends and some of our family do know. And whenever it would first get brought up, everyone would just always assume that he talked me into it. And I was like, well, it was really a mutual thing, something that we came to each other about in regular conversation. What do you think about having a threesome? I think that was the first conversation that we had about it. Yeah, because we, we've already had an open dialogue between the two of us anyway. So it's not like we kept any secrets from each other, really. So it was an easy conversation for us to have. Okay. All right. So how long have you been practicing together then? Five years. Wow. Five years. I mean, I know some people who've been in it for a little bit, but you guys are pretty much like grandfathered into the thing at this point. Five years is a long time. We hear that, but we still feel like we're so new, but we we, we do hear that. And of course we do feel that in our community because we host the parties. So yeah, we def- definitely feel like grandfathered leaders. I feel like I've learned so much in the last five years compared to the rest of my life, just in the different aspects of things now. It's crazy, all the stuff that I've come in contact with. I'm still trying to learn about the pronouns and all that stuff. I don't want to sound like a caveman anymore, so I'm trying to learn different things with that. Yeah, you and Sham can take classes together. You can be non-cavemen together. Yeah, it's a learning process. What's important is that you care enough to try. Yeah. At least that's exactly. what I tell myself. <laughs> Hopefully I don't get anybody mad. But yeah, y'all are real veterans in the game. I'm a little bit older, but I've never hosted a proper party. So you also got the edge on me. You're a bit older? No, no. In, in the game. Yeah, okay. been with my wife. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. But I never hosted a party of my own. Never been to a singer's club. Like Jen, it's down. When Corona mm-hmm. is over, I'm coming up there and we're going to visit one of these clubs where you can at least go to watch. <laughs> yeah, that was supposed to be our plan this year. Remember, you guys were supposed to come up anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you see, that was so long ago and then the Rona happened. It was yeah. like, oh, Damn, yeah. Damn, Rona. Yeah. yeah. Now, hosting so- the parties has always been something that I've really wanted to do. Even at, at a younger age, before I really knew a lot about the lifestyle, I always love sex. So that was just always a major thing that I wanted to try. And now I'm actually finally getting to put that kind of stuff together. It's real fun. Oh, yes. So you so said what your if- friends, like, the reaction was that, you know, he talked Duchess. Yeah, everybody. Oh, how you let him talk you into that? 
So the majority of your friends are, I guess, in this case, would be vanilla? Yes, the majority of my friends are vanilla. I do have some lifestyle friends that are becoming regular friends, but one of them, I've really only known her like two years. She's still new in the friend game. So yeah, my friends' friends, all them hoes vanilla. <laughs> but they like to hear the story. They like oh. to hear the story afterward, but they can't come to none of my parties. They don't know how to act. <laughs> So they're not about that life, but they definitely want to hear about that life. Yeah, they want to hear about it. But yeah, because we do. Deuce does the vetting for our part. When the parties that we throw, we try to keep it very small, very intimate. And he does all of the vetting of the people that come. Well, so what goes? Okay, now I'm interested in that. What goes into the vetting of a swingers party? Does it like got to send like nudes from four different angles? You got to give like fair positions or something? No, the vetting process is me basically trying to weed out the monogamous people that are trying to just use the parties to cheat. Single guys, we have to make sure that they're single or not psychotic. Couples, we have to make sure that they they have their shit together before they come to one-hour parties because we witness at some of these events or clubs where these couples have issues and they bring it to the party and it is definitely a buzzkill for everything. We make sure that the couples are straight. We make sure that the men and women are on the up and up as far as their relationships, that nobody has any problems that they're bringing. I've heard of horror stories where these guys have came to these parties and their wives followed them there. And it's just, it's been a bad time for everybody. Oh, like the so wives weren't invited? Yeah. No, no. Maybe like the short. guy was invited as a single male, not the knowing wife that he had a wife. Oh, Wow. Yeah, and his wife followed him there. We we vet for stuff like that just to make sure everybody was on the same page as far as relationship status, not having any drama, stuff like that. So I just make sure that when everybody is there, everybody is comfortable with each other. We have a we usually start like a group chat if we're gonna have a, a party so everybody can get to know each other, talk, and we do a meet and greet before stuff like that. So we can just see the general atmosphere of the party before we have it. And now that we have a community, we have basically regulars so like the people that we party with are pretty much the same seven eight people give or take two or three and it's safer in that aspect everybody knows everybody we're all establishing real life friendships with each other so there's no surprises and another thing that we're trying to do with this party, because I don't know if y'all ever talked about this on your podcast. A lot of times when we go to the clubs, as far as being people of color, we're fetishized a lot of times mm-hmm. going to these clubs. So we want to create an environment for more people of color. So it's predominantly people of color at these parties. And it's not all inclusive to just that, but we want to create an environment for our people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've, I mean, we've definitely talked about fetishizing before. I've even shared some dating app fetishizing where a dude told me he had jungle fever. Yeah, he said it right out and he was like, well, my black friend said it about me, so I don't see why I can't say that sort of thing. And I was like, ah, that's not really how that works. Let me tell you why this phrase is rooted in oppression. Yeah. And then I blocked him afterwards, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it happens all the time. As my previous job, having me be a flight attendant and flying across the world in different spaces, even just on the plane, people look at you differently and talk to you differently when you're the only black girl there. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah. Mm. And a lot of those parties, I would be the only black woman there. And then, yeah, a lot of those parties, I would be the only black woman there. And it's like swatting away the flies sometimes. But are you down for the white peeing though? Let's keep it 100 here. Are you open to white peeing or are you all about people of color peeing? I am open to white penis, yes. If it okay. comes to me correctly and it's it's not wearing a black man's personality, if it's just a regular white guy and he's respectful and he makes me laugh and he buys me a drink, he's got a shot. He's got a shot. Do you have size requirements? I do not. Okay. Okay. I'm just curious. Like, these are things that I think about. Like yeah. if I were to go into this space, yeah. would I be open to white people talking oh, to me? Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me see. Size requirement. When I say size requirement, I don't have a penis size requirement. But like when I'm in the swinger environment, I do pick a guy that's bigger than me. Like he's got to be tall mm. and have a nice strong back. I don't know why I'm doing body movements again. <laughs> I can feel you body rolling through the mic. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I can feel it happening. Yes. Uh, yes. So, another L for the I, I do use that opportunity to be a little more selective. Like I'm in a swingers club and I, I want I want that one right there. The best one. If I'm gonna give any of them some. All right. So any short men who are hoping to slide into the DMs, we are we are sorry. We can't. He's gotta have a good time. personality and warmed me up before I get there. Sleep Ooh, out. okay. Great. So there is a shot. It's There's just- a shot. <laughs> There's a chance. There's a chance. Okay. All right. So what has been one of your most memorable experiences in a swinger space? You go first. I got to think. Okay. One of my most memorable experiences was is usually with my wife because a lot of times when we go to these clubs, we may not pick up another couple or a single, but I, I like just being interacting with her. We had a friend that was with us one night at one of our clubs and she played with me while my wife played with another guy and we were all on the same bed and it was mostly I like I don't want to sound disrespectful to the girl I was playing with but I was so focused on connected with my wife that just was so intense for me just watching her and then having sex just staring at her while I was having sex that was one of the best experiences I've had. Don't make me blush. Oh, I'm blushing over here too. And it ain't even me. <laughs> we do look at each other a lot. We prefer to have sex in the same room so that we can look at each other and always check in. I would say my favorite moment in a lifestyle setting, we were at a hotel takeover. And I was in the room and I was flogging a gentleman and I heard my husband and our play partner, they came into the hotel, they came into the room where we were and they were just standing there watching me. And I knew he was watching me while I flogged this man. And I think I might've had an orgasm in that just, I was flogging this man and I felt so dominant and there my husband was watching me and he's, oh shit, she's ripping his back apart. That's amazing. So I, I need to interject on that one. So <laughs> as, as I was walking in that room, I thought that the guy was just fucking the shit out of my wife because I just heard these loud bangs and I'm just like, man, he is really giving it to her. 
until I walked in the room and saw she was just beating the hell out of this dude. And I was just sitting there in awe because, wow. That's my wife. <laughs> That's my favorite. Delivering the hands of justice. Yes. <laughs> Such a proud moment. Such a proud moment. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds really, really great. So you guys seem to enjoy playing together, which is also yeah. amazing. Do you play separately at all? Or is it just that you guys make decisions to go to the place together and just always play in the same room? We do play separately. Now, when we go to the clubs we play together, we will sit and talk first if we decide to separate. But usually we do that kind of stuff together. But we have our own separate play dates like outside of the play atmosphere, too. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Deuce, we know that Duchess is into some BDSM stuff. Are you also into the BDSM kinky lifestyle? Yes, I am. I have an alternate persona called Mr. And I am a dom as well. I have a sub and I also have my wife's alternate persona called Belle. (laughs) So, (laughs) I dom her. She is who I play with lightly and Every now and then I get to play with my other sub and I can go really hard with her. But yes, I'm mostly into impact play and some humiliation. It depends on what my sub wants. Okay. Are you identify as um, identify as a switch? I only play submissive to my husband because that's the only person that I trust. And everybody else gets these hands or we just play equally. Like there's no BDSM aspect. You just get in where we fit in. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. I was like, so are you a dumb full of time or are you a switch? Yeah. Cause I, I, I know a lot of switches. Yeah. A lot of switches. Okay. Alrighty. So you only sub to your husband. Mm-hmm. So you're the dom and to other people. Yes. What was your specialty then? I like impact play, floggers, crops, nails, Wharton's wheel. I did have a submissive play partner who liked humiliation and he liked me to treat him badly. And as far as a submissive, I like forced orgasm. I like impact play. But my pain threshold is very small. <laughs> so I'm like a tender, delicate flower. I do be bound. I like bondage. I like choking, slapping. Call me a slut. I'll come for you. Good to know. So, so no degradation in the name calling. I might do, do, I like a little name calling, a little, uh, slut is my favorite word. It is my word of choice, but a little bit of humiliation, a little bit. So is this something you guys discovered about yourselves after like discovering non-monogamy or is it something that was in your personality that you could only express after opening up, so to speak? Because for me... Forever, guys have been trying to tie me up. Ooh, let me tie you up. Ooh, let me tie you up. No. Because I never trusted anybody enough to let them tie me up. And just conversation, talking about it, do smooths at my pace, what I'm comfortable with. And then we have play sessions, where we try out different ties, we try out different positions, we try out different strikes. How does it feel if I go harder? Or how does it feel if I hit here? And it's really a, a lot of trial and error because some things you don't know you like until you experience. 
That's so true. That's very true. I didn't know I would like anal until I tried it. Mm-hmm. Not lie. Not gonna lie at all. I was always like, no, no butt stuff. Get it away from me. <laughs> and then when it happened, I was like, that meme with the girl who tasted kombucha. And she was like, mm, mm. Uh-huh. that was me. That was my face the whole time. <laughs> no, I get that. Okay. All right. So you guys have explored that together. But you do you include the BDSM element in the parties that you host? Or is it mostly just about the lifestyle? We have BDSM demonstrations at our parties. Duchess will sometimes demonstrate on her sub and sometimes I will demonstrate on her. And this last party that we had, we actually had a professional dom come in also and do a demonstration. We do try to make them BDSM friendly because in the lifestyle, Black people are fetishized. And then, of course... There's another stigma attached to the BDSM. It's considered, quote unquote, white people shit. So we do like people to be comfortable with exploring it. We do have a lot of people who just like to sit and watch it because they never seen anything like that. They don't necessarily participate in it. And then at the same time, we also want people to know that you don't have to be down with BDSM to play with us because I'm going to give a little flogging. And then after that, my nature going to be done rose. I'm going to need some dick then. Somebody else can play on the flogger. And Duchess has come up with a pretty genius way of introducing people to our impact toys. She created this game called six, nine. And in that game, there's certain parts where if you get a question wrong or you don't perform the dare that you're given that you have to give your partner licks. And one of the things is you can either lick them or you can give them licks with an impact toy. Mm-hmm. So we lay our stuff out so they the people can see it and touch it and play around with it. So they, they get an idea of what BDSM is and get comfortable with seeing the stuff and touching it and playing around with it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm going to hold on. Let me just. That's me taking notes. You hear that? Okay. <laughs> on this game because it sounds interesting yeah no it definitely sounds like a fun time for me i like impact play all the time so i'm just yeah you You like impact play i do i do i like it put me in coach put me in (laughs) and i put it in i'm just both there's that too so so that makes me to my other question my sneaky not so sneaky question so are you guys both would you consider yourselves both heterosexual or are you somewhere else on the spectrum? I am bisexual. Eating pussy is not my favorite thing, but I can do it like a champ. <laughs> so, but I, I do, I, I would, if I have a choice, I would much rather suck a dick, much rather, but I am bisexual. And Deuce is straight. Growling, <laughs> daddy. <laughs> So that's like us. Sham is the straight one here. I haven't been straight a day in my life, but I tried. Mm-hmm. And up until okay. I was about seven, I tried mm-hmm. to be straight. It didn't mm-hmm. work out. <laughs> tried for so long. So long. I tried for the first seven years of my life to be heterosexual. Like that counts for something. It absolutely does. Thank you. Thank you for rep- recognizing the hard work that I put in my childhood. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, as a pansexual woman, I'm all about that. But I do love pussy. I love pussy more than I love dick. 
do you? I, yeah, I was like, yeah, like dick is great and all, but have you ever just lived in a vagina? I have. (laughs) (laughs) I, there is one pussy in particular that really does make my nature rise. So yeah, I can see it. I can see it because hers is amazing. Yeah. Like you just want to live there. Like you set up shop, you built a house, you got a yard, like you planted some flowers. You just been living here. You're like, yeah, this is a great house. Oh, amazing. Vagina. So fabulous. Sorry to my little brother and sister who also listen to my podcast. You guys know a lot more about me than you should, but here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked about a bit about that. So when did you realize that you were bisexual? Is that something you came to when you were younger or is it something you've explored more in adulthood? I realized I was bisexual a long time ago. I don't rightly know when, but I know it was a long time ago. And I had my first bisexual experience about six years ago. Okay, so you hadn't explored it at all before six years ago. I had not explored it at all before because I was raised a really devout Christian. So like I had these ideas, but I also knew don't do that. That's the ultimate of ultimate. Don't do that. So I had a fear and an anxiety, but see, now I'm grown. So I would say I think I had my first girl-on-girl experience about six years ago. Oh, wow. So you're just waiting for the chances. Nobody can tell me no. (laughs) Yes. I make the rules now. (laughs) Yeah. And then I want, I knew a lady that I had my eye on and I was like, yeah, I like her. And I knew that she was bi. And she told me no. She was like, no, I can't get with you because you ain't never did it before. She was like, because you may get down there and freak out. And I was like, I won't. She was like, no. She was like, you got to get your your cherry pop before you can ride this ride. So I was like, okay. Went on SLS, found me a nice little young lady to make my victim. And I did it. Okay. And just for the people who are not so hip, what is SLS? Swingerslifestyle.com. It's a dating. It's a swingers dating app. I just want, I know what it is, but I just realized like, damn, some people might not know. I didn't know what it is. might not know. Very good. This is news to me. So yeah, I I, hear about (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work in Jamaica. I've checked. No, no, I haven't checked. I was just curious. Your friend checked. (laughs) My friend checked. My mysterious friend who looks just like me with a similar name checked and it doesn't work in Jamaica. Gotcha. Uh, But yeah, no. Okay. So you got that cherry popped and then you went Mm -hmm. back to your victim of choice. You're like, listen, I got it popped. I'm ready for you. Actually, no, I didn't. I moved on just to bigger and better things. I have not even talked to her since. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I, I mean, part of me felt some type of way that she wouldn't lead me to the land of the Lady Pond. So I'm like, fuck you. That's fair. I feel that. I get I get both sides because I get her apprehension. Yeah, I do. I get it too. But then I also get yeah. yours. I says, hey, I wanted you. I didn't want me. Yeah. It's like those jobs that are, oh, we need you have five years experience. And it's like, but this is where I would get the experience. This is where exactly. I want it. But, exactly. But sometimes leaving will get, mm-hmm. get to bigger and better things, which it clearly did. Good it currently you. did. Yeah. It clearly did. Okay. All right. So you've explored that part. Is that something, I know you talked about you guys being 
open something that some of your family and close friends know do they know more about your queerness like your you being bi or is that something that's a bit more closely kept they probably don't know about my queerness but as old as i am it's not really something that i feel i have to declare just auntie and her husband they do some freaky shit so just mind your business yeah <laughs> I've had that conversation before with the stack. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's gonna be the weird aunts and uncles at the party. Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> if they ask me, I wouldn't be ashamed to say it. But no one's asked. Everyone's yeah, just being okay. Yeah. Got you. They don't want to know. That's why they ain't asked. I have I have a nephew who has been out since he was 16 years old to our family. So we're pretty open minded. And matter of fact, I said the grace for Thanksgiving dinner just the other day. Oh, look at that. Look at you, same no, grace. They're, they're, they're pretty. They're pretty open-minded. That's good, at least. All right. So it's good that they're open-minded. They're accepting. They just haven't asked. So if you can share it when they want to know. Yeah. Uh, but my other question for you now is about your poetry. So mm-hmm. you perform pussy poetry. That is something that I have seen. So t- tell me more about <laughs> your pussy poetry. Like, what does that entail? So, I don't know. Hey, just maybe they can't hear the noise, baby. So, a little over a year ago, I started a podcast. And I was already established in the local theater community. And so, I was in this new play and we were going to rehearsal. And I got up on the mic and did an open mic night. And I had wrote this poem and... The feeling doing the poem on the stage was amazing and got this light bulb moment because the play I was doing was for color girls who've considered suicide when the rainbow isn't enough. And it's like a collection of short stories. Mm -hmm. I remember it. I could do something similar. I could do a collection of sexy stories. And I have all of this database because I'm a swinger. I have over 100 sexual partners. Duchess does the thing. So I got all of this stuff that I can pull from. I just need to take the ideas and make it artistic and nasty. And I wrote the story and recorded it and released one on SoundCloud and just... That's what I do. Okay. So it's like erotic stories about all the freaky shit you've done. Yes. And they're not biographical, but I do take a little idea. The one we were talking about earlier, the first time that I wrote a Sibian, there's a story there. And I used to have sex with this guy in the library a lot when I was in college back in 1996. And I just take the story. It takes about two weeks to write the story. And then I record them and release the podcast. And I'm getting ready to release episode number 14, probably before the week is out. Oh, okay, fancy. I see you. You take your time, you craft whatever stories Mm -hmm. you want to tell, and then you release them. I appreciate that. So your episodes come out once every two weeks or just like once a month or... (sighs) It depends on the creative because sometimes it flows 
fast and I can write it. And then sometimes it just doesn't. And then I've tried to force it before and the story is very jumbled. And earlier I said, keep me on because, you know, I go off on a tangent. It goes off on a tangent. And so I really try to do one to two a month. You're a true and then actor. you got to promo each story. You got to make, you got to take sound bites out of each story and make little commercials to go with it and take cute pictures and make promos to go with each one. So you got like a week to write, a week to edit, you release it, then you take a whole two weeks to promo it. And then you start on the next story. Oh, okay. All right. I don't promo our podcast that hard, which is probably mm-hmm. part of my problem just also because I'm busy. And lazy. Gotcha. I mean, so two I- things at once. <laughs> I'm busy and lazy, so I can't yeah. do all that. But I respect you for being able to do all that and really putting that effort into promoting your craft. Thank you. Um, Thank and you. it sounds like our podcast is it follows the rule of being artistically nasty. Because yes. being making art and being nasty follow the same uh-huh. rule. You gotta do it when the mood strikes. Yes. A lot of like yesterday when I started writing, I only had one page written. Today, when I did my second draft recording, I had eight pages. And so yesterday was a good day. I slept in, I masturbated, and then the words just started coming. So I spent all day yesterday typing, didn't turn the TV on till late in the day, all day. For a second, it sounds like the words work. Are you forbidden for your pussy? Because it's like you masturbated and the words just started coming. I don't know. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Is that how that works? That is exactly how that works. Sometimes be, it is. I be Damn. full of energy. Okay. All right. So, Deuce, do you write erotic poetry as well, or are you just a supportive boo? I'm just supportive. The funny thing, I used to write a lot when I was younger. And it's like when I I turned into an adult, everything just shut off. So I used to write when I was young. And I still have a lot of my poetry and stuff, but it just faded away from me over the years. So I just, I'm a big fan and supporter of hers. I, I love to listen to her podcast. I get on her about when she's going to come out with something new. Yes. So I'm always excited to hear something. Oh, so you don't, you're not a part of the process at all when it comes to, you don't see the finished product before it's done. No, I'm like everybody else. I want to hear it when it comes out. I don't want any spoilers or anything like that. I want to hear it the day that it comes out. Yep. Okay. Got to respect that. I respect that. Okay. So is there anything artistic you do aside from filling people with pie? I, as of now, really just like the stuff with the BDSM is my art. Now I'm trying to learn how to rig. I'm also trying to learn electric play. That's my art now. That's the BDSM aspect of life. When Love we go it. to the hotel takeover parties, there is a couple that runs the BDSM room and they're like our BDSM mentors. Like we go and the gentleman will instruct Deuce on which flogger does what. I learned that I like a suede flogger over a leather flogger and just all of the different tools and accessories try this but that it's an understanding that you're going to show me how to use it 
sir, and I'm going to use it on my wife, not you. So put it in my hand. And he tied me up and Deuce was there watching him tie me up and learning how to do the ties. And so they're like our BDSM mentor. Oh, okay. That's dope. So you're learning to be a rigger. I am, I don't have a rope person. So I'm definitely interested in learning more about rope and how that works. I love it. Oh, okay. So that's something you like being tied up. Are do you yes. are you more comfortable with the rigor side of it as well, or are you just more the tie me up, Scotty? I am the t- I'm the bunny. I like being the bunny. I don't want to be the rigor. Mm-hmm. I don't have the patience for that. It watching it done and having it the time that I had it done to me, I went straight to sleep, girl. It's that intense. It's It was that relaxing to me. I went straight to sleep. Oh, and then wow. once he got me all tied up, then they started using impact toys on me together. And then tickling is a hard limit for me. So no tickling, flog me, use the crop, use the warden wheel, things like that. But I went straight to sleep. It was relaxing. Oh, okay. So have you been suspended from anything. Not yet, but hopefully when the Rona is over, I will I would love to be suspended. All righty. Have yeah, you ever done it? About it? No, I've never done it. Like I said, I'm I'm interested in rope, but mm-hmm. I've never as I haven't not been to a lifestyle space. I'm still very new to lifestyle spaces and then most of them are closed now yeah everything's closed now because 2020 was supposed to be my year of exploration i'm planning to move out of florida so i was planning to go to all these new cities to see where i fit best and of course Mm -hmm. apply for jobs and interview and all those things Mm -hmm. that matters too but also what kind of scenes are there and trying to get into what the vibe is like and so Through the Rona, I've met some very interesting people. Of course, I've met you guys. I've met Locke and Trist from yeah. Sweet Life. I did that last week. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've met some interesting people. I've met Sheree and Shanae. They host Black Poly Pride, which is mm-hmm. a black polyamorous thing. I met Ruby Bowie Johnson, who hosts Pod Alice Millennium. Like, I've met Marla, who does Sex Down South. Mm-hmm. So just like, I meet a lot of people through COVID because we're all online now and everyone's exactly. more accessible. But also, what am I supposed to do with all these things? I want to see you guys in person. I want to hug you in real life. COVID. Yeah. COVID has definitely brought a lot of challenges and opportunities. Because like I was able to perform at Sex Down South virtual. And I really wanted to go to the live one in January. But I don't know. I'm kind of nervous. I can't do it with my current job that I have right now. Mm-hmm. Like we discussed before, mm-hmm. I am, I'm locked into that. They want me to do that job until March. I'm probably going to leave at the end of January just exactly. because of mm-hmm. trying to move out of Florida, working 11 plus hour days, six days a week is not conducive to interviews for jobs or even filling out goddamn applications. That just means that for me, I will be leaving that position. But I was able to luckily do Sex Down South online because I would never have been able to Mm -hmm. go in person. And I'm not going to any in-person events before summer next year. I've already decided that for sure. I'm leaning in that direction too. They just had Naughty in New Orleans and Keep over wearing. all those COVID cases. Yes. I just read that this morning and I was like, ew, I'm changing my mind. 
Yeah, no, can't do it. Can't do it. So what is, how has COVID affected your lifestyle parties? Because I know you guys put on lifestyle parties in Mississippi. So what has it been like for you since the shutdown? Did Mississippi ever shut down? I'm not really familiar with what their COVID (laughs) stuff was. Sort of. We had a little bit of a shutdown from like April to probably... July. August. Really? Yeah. From like April to August, we had a little bit of shutdown. And you still have to wear a mask when you go out, but like Walmart never closed. The grocery stores never closed. I work in insurance. My office never closed. We closed the lobby to customers, but I was still taking phone calls every day. And then the clothing stores did close from May to August. But we had our very first party in March, right before the shutdown hit. We had the last swingers lifestyle event on the coast. And then we just had one last week. Yeah, we had one plan during the summer, but with how COVID was going, we had to shut that down. Yeah. So it's been taking a hit. As far as our actual outside play. Mm-hmm. So we can't do the parties like we, we wanted to. Some places won't allow more than six people at a house. So that really puts a damper on stuff too. And then for our own safety and the safety of everybody else, we just wanted to wait till things settle down some more before we throw another one. And this one that we had a week ago, it was really only about, what, 10 people there that played maybe? Mm-hmm. Might have been 10, 15 at the most, but it might have been 10. Very small, very intimate. And we have a group where we chat with each other on a daily basis. And it's a lot of stay-at-home moms. Everybody is pretty much adhering to the same type of precautions. When they're going out, they're wearing masks just like we're wearing masks. Okay, so what was your requirement like then for this event? I said it was about 10, maybe 15 people. But what does that look like for you in the COVID space now? Because, of course, you hosted one in March, Mm pre-lockdown, pre-everything. So what kind of precautions did you put in place for this new event? Go ahead, baby. Okay. we At this one, we kept up with everybody and made sure that everybody was still, nobody had caught COVID or had been in contact with anybody that had COVID prior to the party. Like that goes into my vetting process. We also take the people's temperatures at the door mm-hmm. before they come in. As far as where we're at right now, not sure what we can do as far as testing, but I know some people are like making people show negative tests before they come. But the problem with that is you can have that test and still end up being positive for it. So we're yeah, kind of, we're trying to you know stick with our same small group of people for right now because mm-hmm. we're not really opening it up to other lifestyles just yet until we see numbers go down. We're just keeping everything very small. I got you. I got you. Yeah, that's interesting. I know. Yeah, I know that some people were required to have either antibodies to prove they've already had COVID and beat it. Or a negative test. And like you said, the testing is very tricky because if you have been exposed, the test is not going to show that you're exposed and technically yeah. still contagious. Yeah, like what happened to you at the time you got tested now? Because 
Yeah, it's yeah. unlikely exactly. gonna test like the day before. Yeah, yeah it, it's interesting. The, we just do the temperature thing, so that's about as close as we can get to showing that somebody's not really sick. But there's people that go around asymptomatic, so it's really hard to even know. Yes, yeah, that's true for sure. Are do you guys like wear masks at a certain point while you're in there? This is just me wondering how this works in the space. Is there a, like a mask situation? Is it there's more like condoms or something around them before to help oh, we, protect we always, those things as well? We always keep condoms around. That's the main thing. That's even before COVID. We always want to practice safety no matter what. But as far as a mask, we usually have an outside area that a lot of people, if they want to go be in close quarters with each other, they get to go sit outside. If they uh, like to smoke. And we we don't require masks indoors, but if they want to wear a mask, they're more than welcome to. Two girls had on masks at the last party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have I, a lot of san- I'm sorry. We have a lot yeah. of sanitizer around, and the condoms be in buckets in the play areas, and and a lot of disinfectant wipes, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, uh, we don't like now when we serve our food, we don't serve it on a tray where everybody can just put their hand up and touch everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's separated, so mm. we, we take some, like small precautions to keep everybody safe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like I said, we're in a whole new world now. So that's why mm-hmm. I was just trying to figure out what we doing. Yeah. And we all got to learn from each other. Cause if you, if that's one of the things that we're doing, we're just taking and pulling ideas from here and there and things that we've heard and seen off other podcasts. Oh, let's do this at our party. All right. Yeah, no, it sounds like you guys are taking the best precautions you can. Yeah. And uh, do it, like I said, you guys are doing the thing. People want to wear a mask, then that's definitely on them. How do you suck dick in a mask? I don't know, girl. I, and I'm good. I'm going to take my mask. <laughs> I mean, if it's a big enough yeah. mask, you can do it from the side. Like, tuck it oh, in. my God. I <laughs> saw a funny picture today. It wouldn't oh. be as fun, but. Yeah. No, I saw a funny picture today. It was like a mask with a hole in it and a condom yeah. fitted into that hole. Oh, yes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna have to fight and send that to y'all. It was so funny. I, I was just like, like of course. Condoms. They taste nasty. It does taste weird. I don't like it either. Yeah. So it's also like why dental dams are a weird thing to me. I'm like, it's just plastic. I ain't tasting no pussy. It's just weird. <laughs> I don't like that. I mean, of course, it's requirements for safe sex, yeah. but also who really yeah. wants to be using a dental dam? Exactly. Or a I try to get the ones that are flavored. We have them at the party. I try to get like strawberry or watermelon, try to get the flavored ones. But honestly, I've never even seen anyone use any of the dental dams ever. I'm going to try one. I'm going to try it one of these days when I'm allowed to have sex again. And the loudest because I'm doing that thing we talked about. So no sex right now. But when I'm allowed I... to have sex again, I'm allowed to get some pussy. I'm going to get me a whole stack of dental dams. And I'm yeah. like, if they're flavored, let's do the damn thing. Yeah. Let me taste some watermelon it, pussy. It sticks to the orifice and it's interesting so yeah i'm, I'm gonna try it. i'm gonna try it too soon as soon as i can i'm gonna try it too we can we can exchange notes oh absolutely let's do it let's do it yeah. jim do you have any more questions for dr Induce? there was one buzzword i heard earlier buzz might be a, a point in this case okay. that deuce said he wanted to try electric play I'm not yes. sure if that's something I'm familiar with. What what does that entail? What tools do you use in electric play? They have wands and something that the Duchess actually does not know. She's about to find out right now. Oh. Is I just ordered a 
new toy where it turns your body into a conductor. Oh, so that way you can touch and use your fingers Is that and your fingers. the fin- thing we try when you yes. got the electric blowjob. Yes. <laughs> the electric blowjob. You, you... Yeah, that is definitely an experience you should definitely have before you die. I don't think I've ever heard those words said together. <laughs> An electric blowjob. But all right, if you yeah, said it's good. Uh, it so is, is that so you can hold a light bulb and it would light up? I don't know about holding a light bulb, but oh. the the visual of a woman on her knees mm-hmm. and her tongue touching the tip of your dick and a spark of electricity connecting is wild. Oh, okay. I didn't even think about that. So a literal electric blowjob. Yes, yes, a literal electric blowjob. And this uh, thing that I'm getting is a it's called a power tripper. So basically, you put it like in between the waist of your pants and your skin, and you turn it on, and your body becomes the wand. So if I touch the skin, like the electricity just goes from my hands to whatever body part that I'm touching. Oh, wow, that sounds interesting. You know. Let I'm excited. Just thinking about it. Let me get my prop again. This is my book. Uh-uh. This paper. <laughs> and this is me taking notes. Cause but yeah, they also have. They even have small floggers, electric floggers, electric paddles. They have the wands. I love yeah. the purple wand. If you ever like at a conference or a play party and you see them using the little purple wand, don't be afraid of the wand. It feels amazing. Right then, <laughs> electric play. Con- the conductor and the purple wand. All right. I think yes. I've, I've learned some stuff today. I'm making some notes on that for sure. So my other question for you guys is, are the DMs open for people to slide in for not just learning about the play parties and about your podcast, but if they're open to, if they're down with you, if they want to get to know you, if they want to be intimate and sexy with you, are the DMs open for that? Yes. But I do not receive dick pics. <laughs> But the DM is open for good conversation. Yes. And I don't take dick pics either. If a lady likes to send me a pussy pic, I would not be upset about that. (laughs) Same though. Like same. I mean, dick pics are boring. I'm like, but show me that pussy. It's also (laughs) because I think men take horrible dick pics. That's also part of my issue, right? I mean, put some oil on it or something. Yeah, listen. We talked to Paige's Matam and Cherie earlier in the season, and we talked about this ashy dick issue. (laughs) And she's going to start a product called Peen Cream just for the dicks. Just listen. Something wrong with y'all to be happily out here taking pictures of your ashy dick. And also taking pictures of your dick like over the toilet or in these really weird settings. Like we're also going to do classes that help you figure out the best angle for your penis for this photo. Mm. The moisturizer is included. (laughs) Yeah. Ash, no ass. Say no to ashy dick. Say no to Ashley. Yeah, DMs are open. We search for friends in lots of unique places. Tagged and I know I have a thousand messages. Oh my God. But there's there's a few probably potentials in there and Tinder. And we we belong to several little Facebook groups and me, we were on me, we at one time. And there's one called Black Touch. They're out of Atlanta. They featured one of my stories on their website and they have a, a all black chatting forum 
and they do like independent, real sexy pornographic videos. Yeah, they have a little chatting feature too. Sorry, I'm making notes. So I'm just, oh, okay. I got distracted for a second. I was like, wait, oh, you, you okay, I'm just making notes. I'm typing over here. Okay. Okay. Black touch. Okay. All right. Black touch like Atlanta. BLK touch. BLK touch. They have like one. And then there's, I also heard there's one called Alt Playground. I've been. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, a, that's a friend of ours, let's say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm interested. They intrigue me and I hear their name a lot. Yes. 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 Alt Playground is definitely, we definitely recommend Alt Playground. There are lots of interesting people on there. We like the communities feature. You can uh, Mm -hmm. listen to your favorite podcasts on there, like The Sweet Life with Lock and Trist or Monogamous Pod with Jen and Sham. Surprise. Yeah. We like Alt Playground. They have that. Listen, I love their big wall feature. Sham and Mm -hmm. I were talking about that the other day, where it's like they have themes for different days. So Titty Tuesday is just titties. Titties. And I'm like, yes, please. Always, always the titties. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Titties are amazing. (laughs) Titties are amazing. So thanks so much for joining us today, guys. Uh, I'm really happy to have you. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you before you head out? Um, You can follow Duchess Cashmere on Instagram at underscore the Cashmere Room and on Twitter at D-U-C-H-E-S Cashmere. There's no T in Duchess. And on Facebook at the Cashmere Room. And I am on Instagram at Deuce underscore the under uh, underscore Mr. And Twitter, I am Deuce the Mr. And on Facebook, he is that pie guy to get your delicious Creole dinner pies. Yeah. Well, at that pie guy too. That pie guy too, my bad. That pie guy. So who's the first pie guy? That's my real question now. Oh, like, no, I can't find him. I need to find him so I can drop that too off my <laughs> Right? You need to find him immediately, sir. Yes. But thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. And we uh, having us. We look forward to having you on again, maybe in the future for an episode where we talk about or from a lifestyle event. I know, right? Ooh, <laughs> I like that. I, saw, I heard that. I caught that tea. Oh, see? You got it. Look yeah. at that. I put on my sexy voice for it. I yeah. winked at the end of it. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Once again, we want to thank Deuce and Duchess for blessing us with their presence on the podcast. I will put the links to where you can find them in our show notes. But as we're wrapping up the episode, I want to talk to you about a little bit of romance. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, you guys talk about romance on the podcast. This is also a non-monogamous polyamory podcast. Yes, but also, don't you want to know about the Bridgerton Research Project? Don't you want to know about what Andrea Martucci is doing with her research project? You know what? I'm going to just play the episode. I'm going to play the clip for you right now. I'm going to play it right now. You can find out. Did you know that 82 million households tuned into at least one episode of Bridgerton on Netflix the first month it was available? And did you know that Bridgerton is based on a romance novel series by Julia Quinn? Lots of people who have never picked up a romance novel before are dipping in as a result of the Netflix adaptation. If you are one of those people who don't identify as a romance reader, but decided to read one or more of the Bridgerton novels as a result of watching the show, I am asking for your help. That's right, you. My name is Andrea Martucci. 
and I'm currently working on a research project to discover how Bridgerton fans are engaging with romance novels and how they perceive the romance fiction genre. I am the host of a podcast devoted to unpacking romance novels called Shelf Love Podcast. What I want to understand is how people get into romance or don't and how new readers perceive genre conventions. So here's how you can take part in this research project. I have a survey that probably just takes about five minutes to fill out. You can find the survey and learn more about the research project by going to bit.ly slash Bridgerton Research. That's bit.ly slash Bridgerton Research. You can also find more information on my website, shelflovepodcast.com. Thank you so much for helping with this project. I really appreciate you. That link one more time is bit.ly slash Bridgerton Research. Now remember, you can find the links to the Bridgerton Research Project survey and information about the project itself in our show notes as well. I am so handy. I put all those links there for you guys. Now, about where to find moi, the podcast, and everything we have to offer. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MonogamishPod. We do have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash MonogamishPod, but I'm really not as hip on that as I should be. It's a work in progress. I'm going to figure it out as we go along. Y'all know what I'm saying. We also wanted to check out our famous recent episodes on SoundCloud. That's where we post them. For now, there will be some changes coming with the podcast. Like we've said previously, there's just some shifts in how we want to put out content and episodes and what we're going to do about it. So... For now, we're still posting our three most recent episodes on SoundCloud. You can check us out. Monogamous pod. I know. Rose off the tongue. Why doesn't this? We also host our podcast using Anchor. So you can check us out on the Anchor website, Monogamous Pod. Or you can go to our actual website, monogamishpod.com, where we post our detailed show notes, episode transcripts, and more, including podcast lists, book lists, etc. And appearances to where we've both been talking about non-monogamy and polyamory and the podcast just saying that's all there there's also a little shop button that will take you directly to our threadless site monogamishpod.threadless.com just in case you wanted to type it out and bang and you can buy our merch there we have pillows we have mugs we have bags we have books we have t-shirts we have hoodies we have sweaters we have all that and more well yeah we have stickers I forgot for a second about what else we had on the top, but we have stickers too. I'm still working on my should have been a triad design. I had a design. I have a sample shirt. It's eh, there's just something missing. I'm still working on it, guys. But don't worry. As soon as I get all those new designs up, including some new monogamish pod stickers and logos up, you guys will see that all over our merch shop as well as just anywhere you can find us. We would appreciate it if you would give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Maybe rate us five stars as well. Just saying, you can find us over there. It makes us easier to find in the rankings. It makes us more amazing, like, and able to access other people. So you guys can do that too. Is there anything that I'm forgetting? Oh, me, Jen. I host two other podcasts because why the fuck not? I host Blatchelorettes with my pod partner, Lex. We talk about reality dating shows, but right now we're talking mostly about Bridgerton and The Bachelor offseason. Yeah, that kind of ties into the whole Bridgerton research project thing. Just putting that out there. And I also have a podcast called Stacked with my pod partner, Anne, where we talk about romance novels and romance-related media. That episode comes out once a month. Bridgerton comes out every week. Sorry, Bachelorettes comes out every week. 
but now we're talking about Bridgerton. Yeah, y'all know what I'm saying. Y'all get me. So that's where you can find me. Of course, I'm on social media at Have You Met Jen on Instagram and Twitter. And I also have a website, HaveYouMetJen.com. Now that I've finished promoting the hell out of myself and this podcast and just talking your ear off, I'ma wish you a doo-doo. Yeah, I don't get why I did that either. <laughs> Thank you so much for rocking with this, guys. Have a great night. XOXO. Bye.